You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another session of Business in Black. This is your host, Anita Harris, and I am joined by a new guest co-host this week, Miss Catherine Storing up in Boston, Massachusetts. It's going to be getting really cold up there soon, as we'll be here in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, today we're talking about how to write to build an authority in your industry. Mm-hmm. And what better person to bring on? I had to reach out to her. I hadn't talked to her in several months. Uh, but Miss Catherine Storing, because she writes all things about writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from how to write books to how to write blogs to how to write ebooks and everything in between. We're going to be discussing this hour. So it's going to be really good. But before we get into it, of course, Catherine, I want you to um, introduce yourself so the people know exactly who you are. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Uh, I can talk about writing all day long. So I think this is going to be an amazing time. So thank yes. you for having me. Yes. Uh, so tell us what exactly you do. Well, I uh, go by the book midwife because I push books out of people. Wait, uh, the book midwife. I love that. Thank you. That Thank you. Awesome. I just, it just came to me and I'm like, that's what I do. I've been doing that for myself. I am on book 14 or 15 in mm. a little less than two and a half years. And some of those are Amazon bestsellers, correct? Some of those are number one Amazon yes. bestsellers. Yes. That's right. All right. Thank you. And um, what I do is I help people write books that are authentic and relevant. The book, the market has been flooded with many books, but not all of them are real. Like, have you ever picked up a book and you're like, who wrote this? This is not who you are. And okay, so I read all of this. What does that have to do with anything? Right. I don't, I don't, my students are not writing that right now. We're finishing up a class in write your book in 40 days and they're writing real books and they're relevant to the market today. So that's basically what I do. That is awesome. I love the transition. Catherine and I met many years ago online, actually, in another group uh, that we joined for business entrepreneurs. And uh, we just had a connection and it clicked and it stuck for years. And I think it's going to stick a little while longer. So it's been a great journey to see her um, flourish because she, as if you remember from last week, uh, last episode, um, she's one of the the brave (laughs) that dove in both feet, left a six-figure job, mm-hmm. and has been flourishing since. We were just talking about that before we got on the air, and she was like, hey, look, it ain't for everybody, but thank God it's worked for her. And so we just pray for many continued successful years, building her brand, students coming galore, and it just thrived the way I know it will be. So I'm excited. That makes me all excited about uh, even more about what we're going to be talking about because we have a midwife here, which Mm. I I love. I love that concept because it it really is a labor of love when you write. Of course, I've written several books myself as well. None have become Amazon bestsellers yet, but I just haven't pushed them the way I know I should have pushed them. Um, because you and I have talked about the strategy for that. And I just got lazy. Let's be honest. I forgot to do the work. And I talk about that all the time, how it's always about doing the work. And I forgot to do the work. So I can't look at my last 90 days from today 
and well, I can't look at the last 90 days. And if I didn't put in the work, except expect something great today, you know, um, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't just pop up all of a sudden you have to really roll the sleeves up and put the work in. So let's just dive right into some, I'm a big statistic person. Mm. So, um, according to, um, Let's see, we'll start with creativemarket.com, how to be an authority in your industry. Uh, creativemarket.com says, the first thing is never stop learning, mm. which I love because I'm like the research queen and all things, like the more rabbit holes I can find myself mm. into, <laughs> the better. But at some point, you have to pull yourself out the rabbit hole. Yes. Um, but what do, you, what do you feel about that first bit of that? Um, I'm always learning. Uh, I am in the middle of right now in my, on my, on my uh, desktop, I have two screens open of two things that I'm learning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading books about the subject all the time. I am in several masterminds because I, I don't like reinventing the wheel because it's already done, right? I might decorate it. I might make it all kinds of fine, right? Put some glitter on it or some right. rhinestones, <laughs> right? But I don't have to reinvent it. So I'm always learning what's the next strategy, right? There's new platforms coming out. How do I use that for my advantage? Um, how do I learn from other people that are doing uh, what I want to do or have done it successfully? What can I take from them? So um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a lifelong student of life. I think we all should be lifelong students. And then that gives you more information to write about, right? I think so. Because at some point you, you exhaust where you are today. Well, every book that I write, I always, I'm really honest about this. Every book that I write is for me first. So every time I'm growing, every time I'm going through something, the book that I is coming out in November is about wealth. Well, I've been struggling with wealth my whole life because I thought wealth existed for other people. I knew the word for other people. I knew the concept for other people. So when I realized, listen, Catherine Storing, that's how I talk to myself. Listen, Catherine Storing, the year is about to end. You got to leave this struggle behind. So what I did was, okay, what's wealth? What, what, you know, what is it? How do I get it? Like, and then what I found out blew my mind. Wealth is not about money. Nope. When I heard that, you don't even know. I lost my mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. wealth is knowing that everything you need has already been provided by, by God. Everything you need now and everything you're ever going to need is have been already provided for you to do what you have been called to do. Right. When I, when I, when I got that, I was like running and shouting and excited because mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so that means I don't get wealth. I already have wealth. Right. So imagine if I had decided that I have learned enough about books and I'm just, stay, I stay where I was, I would have missed out on that amazing lesson that now I get to share with the world. With the world. And for whoever season it is to receive that, it's their season yeah. to receive it. And other people will catch up whenever it's their time to catch up. But no. I think... I think never stop learning is the biggest key to building an authority, Mm. not just writing to build an authority, but just building your authority. Because like you say, the more, the deeper you get, the more you have to give out because the more you have to give. Exactly. So I I just, I love that um, learning is so essential and we choose what we learn. We choose whether we're going to learn about our industry continuously 
or a new lane in our industry, or we choose that we're going to sit in front of the boob tube and watch, you know, reruns of the show you've seen 50 million times. So those are decisions that we have to make um, where people think that they don't have enough time to do stuff. When we start to reassess and reevaluate the way we spend our time, we actually have time to do all of those things, including reading another good book. Are you an ebook person? Are you a, um, I mean, a a Kindle, like, you know, a digital book person? Are you a hands-on regular book Mm. person? I am an audible person. Mm-hmm. So I have real books, right? I'm reading right now. I'm actually going to go see Brendan Bouchard in a couple of weeks. And he just posted, he just released his amazing book, High Performing Habits, mm-hmm. um, How Extraordinary People Become That Way. Mm-hmm. Now this book is you know, thick. It's, thick. it's over 300 pages. <laughs> that's so a weapon. <laughs> that's a weapon. I can hurt somebody with this thing. So um, people that, that pre-order the book, he gave them the audio book. So I'm going right. to audio that book out. And what I love about having the real book, I call it, is that I can, when I'm listening, I can go find it. I can highlight it. Yes. I can annotate. I'm a big writing sideways yes. on the margins. Like, yes. listen, yes. margins are life. Yes. So eBooks are for me when I have no choice or mm-hmm. when I have to get it. I get the eBook when I have no choice in waiting. Like I can wait for two days for Amazon Prime to show up. Right, right. So, but any way that I can, that I can consume it. I love Hoopla for that. So mm-hmm. Hoopla has amazing audiobooks. They have eBooks, um, love libraries. But for me, it's, it's a combination of both. Yes. I like, um, I'm a old school. I love the feel of the oh, book. And smell. Mm. I like to carry the highlighter around in my bag and, mm-hmm. you know, at any given moment, if I have to wait on anything, I'll wait with the book. So mm. I have some books on my iPhone. Um, I just haven't finished them. Yeah. They, it's not the same. Still been there because it's just not the same for me. And it really, I feel forced to have mm-hmm. to do it that way. And I'm just, I have to catch up, but yeah. one of these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, building an authority um, is about combining online and offline presences. Mm. Um, it expands your network. These are some reasons why you want to write to build your authority. So it will, com- first of all, it combines your online and offline presence. Uh, meaning if you have like uh, you do um, uh, online courses mm-hmm. that people can participate on, but then I can go to the bookstore and I can also find your book on the shelf. It just expands your brand um, where people who may have never heard of you online coursing now has seen you in the bookstore and vice versa. And it just, it really multiplies that brand for you and compounds your, um, your visibility. Right. Uh, it expands your network. Like we just said, um, because oftentimes people will go to a bookstore, right. With a particular book in mind and yours is sitting right there and they go, huh, wait a minute, what is this book? So you capture that unknowing audience as well. Um, another reason that you would want to, um, write to build your brand authority is, um, or before you start to write your brand authority, um, is building your authority is knowing your audience. Mm. I think that's a big one for people. Who are you writing to? So what do you teach your students about who they should write to? Do you teach them what you think, which I heard you say a little earlier, which is about you writing where you are right now in life, or do they figure out, well, I'm a motivational coach and I teach in this lane and this is who I'm writing to. Right. So you, you're absolutely right. You need to, you need, you, we all speak a certain language. 
right? And um, we have to honor that. So I, I don't think that we have to, and the books that fail are the books that try to sound smart when the author doesn't speak that smart, right? Like I, the biggest compliment that I get from people is, wow, you books sound like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you wrote it. I, talk. <laughs> I do use big words from time to time, but I just talk like a regular person. And I want you to feel when you're reading that I'm, as if I'm reading it to you. So what I teach them is speak what you know. Mm-hmm. because um, you have, we all have friends. And when you look at your friends, they're like you, they think like you many times they vote like you. Why? Because like gravitates towards like, so you need to speak to the right people. Now I get to a point where I have nurture an amazing community of people on my Facebook group, because I realized that I want people that buy from me that know me. Mm-hmm. So they're sharing who they are, what their struggles are, what they need. I'm encouraging them. We're doing uh, Facebook group, um, Facebook uh, challenges and all these things to get to know each other. So when I talk to them or when I present something to them, I'm not off key. So that's something that I used to do before. I mean, I don't mind telling on myself. I would put a program together and I would be in a vacuum, put it together, spend, put myself, lock myself in an office for a week, do all this work, put it together and be like, hey, world, here's my most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And then crickets, because mm. I didn't check with anybody. I didn't mm. check with my audience. I didn't validate the idea. So there's a good chance that if you're struggling with something yourself, they are other people right. that are struggling with it. And the best time to write about a struggle is when you're still in it. In it, yes. I try to push people to write books about it. They tell me, oh, that happened with this book about wealth. I met somebody, an amazing man of God. And I'm like, oh my God, you write a, he was doing a money series. And I'm like, you got to write that book. That's amazing. Now he had been free from that for like 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much I push, he wouldn't write it because he's not there anymore. He doesn't remember the pain. Right. If I wrote this book about wealth and my struggle. Listen, you can hear the pain and the struggle and the push and the back and forth. Why? Because I was wrestling with it. Right. So I think that your audience are people that are where you are, um, or where you just have been and need what you have learned. I think that's huge um, because in previous shows, we've talked about the falseness of a lot of online Mm -hmm. um, programs, courses, people who are just literally trying to sell you stuff, which we'll get in later in the show. Um, And that piece is missing, the authentic pain. They're trying to fabricate a pain, Mm. put the carrot out in front of your nose. And so they may hit on it, they may not hit on it, but I think that's huge what you just said, which is if you're writing out of your own pain, you're not the only person that's gone through that. Use that as the actual pain point because it is your pain point because and somebody else will identify with that i think that's huge uh we're up to such a good start on this particular show we're talking about writing to build your authority in your industry i'm with katherine storing our guest host for the day and we'll be right back you're listening to business in black with your host danita harris When we're back at Business in Black, this is your host, Anita Harris. And today we're talking about writing to build an authority in your industry. And we're guest host with uh, the lovely Catherine Storing in Boston, Massachusetts. And she is uh, the 
writing midwife, which I actually love. She helps people birth out books. It's an intensive process. It is. I've been through it myself. And we left off the show talking about um, birthing out of your pain, which Mm. you can't give birth without pain. You can't. I don't care if you get the epidural. I, I haven't personally had children, but I can only imagine even the epidural epidural only um, pushes the pain back a little bit. It doesn't completely take the feeling away. Um, but uh, I digress from that because I have nothing to know about anything about pregnancy stuff, but I can only imagine. And there's always going to be some kind of push and pull in your body to birth forth whatever it is you're going to do. Work is work and it's hard. It's not easy. That's why they call it work, you know, otherwise they would call it easy. So um, pushing out books is what she does. And we're here to, to pick her brain a little bit and find out why you should be writing books um, and why you want to build your authority through this source. The biggest thing for me is people always say, if you put it in writing, it automatically like shoots your score up on being an authentic writer. And so that's why I love what you said as we left off that you teach people to write from where they are Mm -hmm. because, uh, and during the break we were talking about how she's not convinced if you say, Oh yeah, last night I cried. But if you start going into the explanation of, Oh, well I cried and you know, snot was running down my, my nose and, and tears down my face and I couldn't breathe, then I'm going to trust and believe a little bit better of that. You've actually been through that experience. Cause we have a lot of people that, um, will try and tell you that they've been through what you've been through and they've never been through what you've been through. Actually, there was years ago, do you remember this? Years ago on Oprah, there was a woman who was giving relationship advice to people. And Mm. lo and behold, her so-called marriage was a sham. Mm. And she had been separated from her husband for years, yet she was on the show and she had built her brand up to be this guru authority. And like a house of cards, it just all came crumbling down once they found out that she was not who she said she was. So imagine imagine if she had said, because she probably was that good and marriages do end. What if she had said, if it happened to me, it can happen to you and then she could have built from there and she probably could have reached out to another audience that were about to be single and needed to work on themselves and their relationships exactly we think that life only happens to some people life happens to all of us everybody <laughs> and it just gives, like you say, it gives her a new genre to write on in this it's new lane, same genre, right? right. And right. she would have just expanded her market because that still doesn't take away from her previous knowledge. Right. The knowledge is still there. She was still married to a human and she's still human. So Correct. how many times do we know better and we don't do it, right? Correct. It doesn't mean that we didn't know it. Right. It means that we had a human moment and that we go back on and then we do better next time. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's so huge. But um, a lot of people, I guess that would be shame and Mm. excuse me, whatever else that might be going on with them as to why they they feel like they don't need to. Um, So um, when you're writing, um, do you teach about call to actions? How often do you talk about, because, and we're not just talking eBooks, you know, we're not just talking um, 
guest posts or any of that, but how often, because you see a lot of that, right? A lot of people who write um, sales letters is what they really are. If you didn't know these long web pages that they scroll and scroll and scroll and go on forever. And then at the end and in the middle, there's a call to action, order the book now, get it now before it's gone. Now, 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 now. Um, how do you feel about those call to actions? That is so amazing. So this is, this is what happened. I just love truth moment, right? So I've been writing how many books, 13, 14 books, right? Just the latest book, just, okay. Book 13 or 14. Okay. Truth moment. This is right here. Um, a match made in heaven, how to marry your vocation to your divine calling, right? Mm -hmm. This is the first book that has a call to action. Mm. This is the first book. So since I finished this before I started this process, I added to my process a CTA, nice. a call to action. So yes. that is the last thing that um, they do when they write their book because now they have their entire book. Was, have you ever read a book that is amazing and then they leave you? They're like, they don't tell you what to do next. The reader sometimes needs to be directed like a traffic cop. Tell me where to turn, right? Yes. So now I teach him, I added a CTA. What do you want the reader to do? Do mm -hmm. you want them to go to your website? Do mm -hmm. you want them to check out your next book? Do mm -hmm. you want them to come see you at a conference? What is the CTA? And on top of that, give them a CTA that is evergreen. Yes. And that is everything. So for this for these book, what I did was I told them that when the, first, the book first came out, I gave a masterclass. And the masterclass was finding your calling and how to embrace it. So when the, the book first came out, it was live, right? So they had their invitation. I did not advertise the invitation anywhere. They had to buy the book in order mm -hmm. to get the invitation. Mm -hmm. And people that bought it right away, like a week after, a week after the book came out, um, I did the, I did the live, the, the live, um, masterclass but that day the book made it the number one and that was the day that i did the masterclass and i didn't even know but guess what when people buy the book now the masterclass has been already uploaded and it will always be there always be there right and that way it's relevant whether you buy the book you bought it a month ago or you buy it five years from now so a call to action doesn't have to be a business one some people don't have a business or a ministry right so they could say uh, connect with me on Instagram maybe whatever their platform is that is a great call to action because you want readers to connect with you so I believe that it's imperative as, 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 uh, as a teacher, as a professor, I, I make my way to just own up to things. I didn't know, it didn't occur to me. Mm -hmm. I, I just have books, which just books, right? It didn't occur to me to give them a call to action. Once I figured it out, I'm like, wait a minute, honey, I need to tell them where to go. And now I got it to a point where, um, my new, for the new book, the, the, um, the, um, I am set free, uh, right your way to lasting wealth. Um, that book comes with an invitation to join the program, which is nice. awesome. Yes. So when they, when they go there, they are invited to go check it out and then right. come and do the program with me because the book now becomes, I turn a pro, I made a program out of the book. So that is like the ultimate next level CTA. 
Uh, that's great because, um, like you said before, why reinvent the wheel? And if you go and you look at old uh, Napoleon Hill books, mm-hmm. old Norman Peel books, all these older books, in the very back end of them, they have a call to action. And that call to action back then was, hey, check out my other books. Yes. That's a call to action. Like, okay, if you enjoyed this one, then here are 15 other ones that you're going to enjoy. It was right. by mail, remember? You had right. to by mail. Tear it off yeah. and mail it. Exactly. So <laughs> you can do that still um, or yeah. invite people to your Instagram. But like you said, so let's go back to a term that you use, evergreen, and explain mm-hmm. that. And evergreen is what she just said. It basically is something that's going to, in perpetual, be there. It's always mm-hmm. there. It's never going to come down. So that means you can't change the web address. You can't change anything about it. It will always be there for people to be able to source because otherwise it makes your information outdated. So, um, all right. So we want to serve our audience. We want to be able to genuinely know our stuff, right? And and so a good place to, to start with knowing your stuff is... And I think this is a check on what you're doing. So if you're, if you're even speaking or coaching in a lane that you don't know that stuff, like from a pain point, maybe that's not the place for you right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should start in a different place and then come back to that place because a lot of times people have great ideas, but they don't have the intuitiveness. They don't have the, the know-how, the understanding because they've lived through it enough to write about it. And it just, like you say, it'll fall flat. You'll get a title that kicks, you know what, and then the whole article will fall flat. And that's part of this whole um, demystifying writing that we're seeing going on because for so long, for the last, I don't know, five years at least, We've seen these um, ghost writers, right? You can hire somebody overseas to write these quote unquote articles for you. Somebody pulls up a Google search, how to become an authority and, you know, whatever. And then this article comes up and you're like, okay, great. Here's this article. Let me read it. What? What, 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 is, what is that? What, this has nothing to do with anything. And guess what you've just done to yourself? You shot yourself in the foot. And you have diminished your ability for people to trust you, which we know people buy from people they like and they trust. So now you've not done what you've not delivered on what you said you would deliver on. Mm-hmm. And people don't trust you. Matter of fact, I have a statistic here, which I thought was very, very interesting. According to salesforce.com, over 400 business to business buyers Uh, of over 400, excuse me, business-to-business buyers, 71% were disappointed with content they downloaded from a business and 25%, that's a big margin, Mm. 25% said they would never read content from that site again. Wow. So you can't just put out articles that are not authentic because when you do it's really hurting your credibility as a business. And as we know, as business people, when people start talking, they often talk more about the bad than they do the good. Right. Well, I can, I can give people a tip because I am an exclusive ghostwriter. Means that people have to apply and I have to want to tell that story. Somebody reached out to me today and she asked me, do you do romance? And I said, no, I do. I do. Don't do romance. I work with athletes. I work with CEOs and I have to tell the story because I don't want to make this into a job. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to uh, work with a ghostwriter, which people actually do for article writing and you don't have the time and you don't know how to write, but you do know your staff, have them interview you 
Right. And that way they use your words and all they're doing is curating what you just said. Correct. They make it look good. And now it's going to cost you more, of course, right. but it's going to be good. And it's going right. to sound like you. So when you're speaking in a, on a platform, people are going to be like, oh, that matches what she said on her website or what he said. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not um, putting something out there that doesn't represent you well. When I work with someone and I do their book, um, you cannot hear me. There's no Catherineisms in it. You hear the person, and when you meet them, you're like, "Oh my God, you're just like your book." And it sounds intelligent, and it sounds like you. But that just means you're gonna have to pay because it ain't free, right? And it's, it's not free. easy either. It's, not- it's a much more arduous process because it's almost like you would have to follow them around, but you do it in interview form. Right. But you really get into the meat of the person. So, for an example, Steve Harvey. His mm. books are ghostwritten, right? So he, I know personally that he sits and he talks about whatever he has to say, mm-hmm. his two cents. And so when you click on his radio show, you hear what has been written because right. that was the process that they use. Now, I, I think the young lady that ghostwrites for him actually follows him around and they do that as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it is a very viable option. I'm talking about the people who are overseas, who yes. don't speak English as a first language, Um, or have a good enough command of the English language to understand the idiosyncrasies and the jargons and all of the things, the the colloquialisms that we use in America. And then you have this kind of botched um, disaster of an article or a book that, like you say, sounds nothing like you and does not represent your true self. So um, that's a huge margin, 25%. That ain't nothing to sneeze at at all you don't want to put something out there that's going to deter people before you even get to present yourself right the other thing that i have done before is when i when i do when i give a speech and i have a really really good um reaction from the audience i would have that transcribed and then i will hire somebody to transcribe it and then turn that into an article all they're doing is taking the parts that sound like i spoke it and they clean it up but it's all of me right and that saves me the time from having to sit there, transcribe myself, and then having to clean it up. They do that for me. And that is another way that is actually even probably a little more organic because it's all, all of your words. And mm-hmm. all they're doing is turning audio into words and then clean it up for you in article form. So I would definitely go that route other than hiring you know, random people to just write about what you think they're going to know. Right. And, and off, actually, pastors use that a lot. They will take their sermons. Yes. Yep. They take oh, yeah, their totally. sermons and then turn them into books. And next thing you know, they have a million books published. Exactly. And so they take that audio transcribing and they, they clean it up. Yeah, Absolutely. And they I have done that because why not? Mm-hmm. If the yeah. audience really received it and then yes. you, you can tell when you're doing something, when you're preaching and you give something and you, you're, you are changed because of that. And then people are changed. You're like, okay, this, there's something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, First of all, you created the content to give the talk or the, or, or, or the preaching, right? So you, it's your content. So right. why not utilize it? We're not, again, we're not reinventing the wheel, folks. Right. We are using what we already have and turning it into a way that other people can have access to. And that's really good because, you know, the, the next thing that popped into my mind is where are my teachers? 
Mm. Teachers would really benefit from understanding that because they're constantly presenting content and information to a group of people that it has to be captivating for. And if they can then transcribe that information, the way they presented it into other, that could be a huge market for Mm -hmm. teachers to really utilize, to push themselves in that community. Um, Yeah, I think that's great. Anyway, we could talk about this stuff all day long and we're going to talk about it for another half an hour. But right now we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're here talking about how um, to write to build your authority in your industry with our guest host, Catherine Storing. You're listening to Business in Black and we'll be back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back with Business in Black. I'm your host, Danita Harris. And today we're talking about writing to build an authority or how to write to build an authority in your industry with our guest host today is the lovely Catherine Storing, the writing midwife in Boston, Massachusetts. And um, we've talked a lot about writing. Uh, I have so much meat and so much information that I don't know where to go next, but I figured it out. So um, one of the things that, Um, I loved that I researched on the Huffington Post. Uh, They shortened their name, I think, to Huff Post. Huff Post, yeah. Yes, I I love, I I don't know. I like the Huffington Post. It sounds, it has an air about it. But regardless, the Huff Post uh, had an article on seven steps to becoming a recognized expert. Mm. And number three on that list was writing articles for news sites and professional Mm. publications. Mm. So, I would think writing for news sites and um, professional publications would come with starting at a base level and then going up from there. I I think if it were me and my strategy, I kind of always start at the top. So I'm going to approach Huffington Post. I'm going to approach CEO Magazine. I'm going to approach Success Magazine. And then I'm going to Google... um, a search of who's looking for submissions and how to submit to those people. Um, I don't think, I, I think I read in another article um, that, oh, maybe you should start small and work your way up. And I'm like, well, what? Why? Why do I have to start small and work my way up? Why not just go for the gusto and then continue to search? Because something at some point will fall. But you have to really research your audience. Right. For that particular publication or magazine or website and know if you line up with them and then just go for it. Um, it's no different than regular book submissions. You may have to submit to that particular agent 15 times before they finally decide to pick your book up. Yep. Uh, so you can't just slow the process and say, oh, well, I submitted to them back in 2005. I'll never do that again. You yeah. have to keep pushing it out there and keep going for what it is that you want because otherwise, how are you going to land it? Listen, you. this is why we're friends, okay? This is why we're <laughs> friends because um, I learned how to get on the Huffington Post and they didn't get back to me. Okay. Um, I went to this conference and Ariana Huffington, she was still at the Huffington Post at the time. And she invited people. This is my email address. Email me the idea for your article and I'll, I'll make it happen. Do you know how many people took advantage of that? 
Probably not many. Not that many. I think two people. And this is a room full of women, full of women. These were like over 500, 700 women in a room. So girl, on the train station, on, the, on my way home, I'm like typing on my <laughs> phone. Wait. <laughs> right? And guess what? Who is a, a, a contributor of the Huffington Post? These wow. right here, right? I had in, I just knew. Mm-hmm. It could happen. I tried it. They didn't get back to me. I'm like, okay, I want to try again. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened right after that? That address does not work anymore because she's not longer at the helm of Huffington Post, which is why it's now HuffPost. If I have Dilly Dally, like many of us do, mm-hmm. I would have missed out and it would be harder for me to get on now. Mm-hmm. But now I do it. The same thing happened when I was going to speak. What did I decide to do? I wanted to have, um, I, I wanted to do TEDx. What did I do? I didn't start like, Decided, okay, I'm gonna build my name, I'm gonna speak 500 times. I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go, (laughs) which is fine. Some people go to uh, Toastmasters, right, and they build their way up. Fine, I'm like, no, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I started telling people that's what I started doing. I started telling people in October of 2016, by December, by Christmas week, I was already booked to speak the following day, and that's what you do. Actually, no, 2015. That's what you do. February 2016, I was speaking it. Now I'm working on something else and I'm telling people wherever I go, listen, I'm going to Haiti in 2018. Hook me up. Who do you know there? Who is doing amazing work in Haiti? Because I know that by before the end of the year, I would have been hooked up with an organization that needs help because I'm not going to reinvent the wheel, right? right? I know I'm called to be in Haiti. There are lots of people there. I am not going to go build something from scratch where mm-hmm. people already have connections. I'm just going to hook up to somebody, right? And then do work with that. And an article writing is exactly the same way. Reach out, go to H-A-R-O, okay? Go to HARO, ask a helper reporter out. They are desperate for content writers. I have been featured on podcasts. I have been featured on different websites looking when I was doing well confidence work. That's what I did. I yeah. booked myself by getting those emails on a regular on a regular basis. Right. And so Haro is a great resource. Um, help a reporter out, not just for writing for submissions, but also for product submissions. If you have a particular product that you're pushing, um, it's just a really good resource for people who are looking to connect and get seen in a different market that you may not have even thought about. Right. Uh, so check them out for sure. Um also, according to the Huffington, the Huff Post, excuse me, uh, seven steps to becoming a recognized expert is writing a book, a good old fashioned book. Like doesn't have to be a weapon like the one you showed us <laughs> earlier or me. You guys can't see it, but um, you can write a book. And one thing that I learned is for my audience, my audience loves the, sh- the brevity of books. Right, they don't want that two hundred and no, page book. Babies. They may want a hundred and twenty, a hundred and fifty max page yep. book. Yep. They may want a series of books. Like I had started a series, and I've got to finish it. I know, shame on me. A lot of happened. Transition, <laughs> but um, you might take an idea and break it down into a five-part series or a three-part series of books. That way, people can digest it a little easier right. and get introduced into it a little easier because the book doesn't look so overwhelming. Remember everybody's busy. There's mm-hmm. not enough time in the day. I'm a busy professional and I, I don't have enough of anything, let alone um, time to do what it is that I need to do. And so 
I want an easy book I can write, uh, read on the train. I can mm-hmm. read on my commute to work or I can listen to it easily on my commute to work. And it, and keeping it short and sweet might just be for you. Right. And it doesn't take a lot out of you. I heard you say you're teaching um, people how to write a book in 40 days. Tell right. us more about that. Yeah. So we, um, people are writing books that are the smart ones. Hopefully they won't hear this. <laughs> are writing 10,000, 10,000 word books. Mm-hmm. Other people are writing 20,000 word books. So I'm a little more advanced, right? For 40 days for me, is like an eternity. So I, I did the program with them. My book is 20,000 words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, easily done, easily done. Some people are going over. I don't know why, but I told them, but you know, people will do what they will do. But I break down the process. I teach them exactly how to do everything. And then I provide an accountability environment where they have a place to go write virtually every single day and they're supported and they know exactly what to do. They know what tools to, I teach them how to use the tools, which is important. All this stuff that I did not have, I tell them where to spend money. I tell them where to go cheap. I tell them where to invest. I did not know any of that stuff. Uh, the first, the second book that I wrote, I, I spent over a thousand dollars on editing, which Ugh. is insane. I don't, and now I have a program on edit your book like a pro. And what I do, it, that, I call that cleaning before the cleaning lady comes. That's what I, I, call, I, I like call, that. Right? Right? <laughs> so they, they have a process, they edit the book, they get it to a place where, listen, there are some things about your book that no matter how good an editor is, they're not in your head. They don't know where your story is going. They don't know the character. So you need to clean that stuff up because we say things in our mind when we put it in the book, it's not the same way. So you have to go back and when you read it, you're like, oh, I thought I said another 20 words and I didn't. So you add that up. Then right. you read it again for content and you read it again for grammar stuff. When you go to your editor, which I think everybody should go to an editor, mm-hmm. you're going to pay maybe a couple hundred bucks if that, because all they're doing is one final sweep. That's all they're doing. Um, I believe that everybody needs to do that, but you need to start with something short. So my first book, it's um, 8,500 words. That's it. Wow. That's it. But powerful, powerful. People like to feel accomplished. When you get to the end, I don't know what, I don't know about you, but when I get to the last page, I'm excited. I'm like, I feel like I almost went to Mount Everest and got to the very (laughs) top. I feel amazing. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And you want, you want to give that euphoric feeling to your audience. Many of my audience uh, people, they love um, Kindle books. They love it. So they get the Kindle book. Many of them get the Kindle book and the printed book. But I know that they love when you get to that end and Kindle just have that little check mark. I love that check mark. Yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Completed. We all love a check mark and a checklist to mark. Yeah. On. But I love books. Um, and I would often write and people would often ask me, well, what's the format that you use to write? And I just say, I just start writing. Like I don't have, and I understand that there's a method for some people that they need to take, you know, okay, step one, you do this. Step two, you do. But for me, I guess God has just given me the ability where I just start in a place of writing and then I kind of form everything around that. I might start with the introduction. I might start with one of the chapters and then I start to, then at some point it gets more formalized and the storyboard starts to appear on where I want this to go, how I want it to end up. But I love the process of writing because nobody can tell you, like you say, what your voice sounds like. And nobody can 
can edit that for you and nobody can do that work for you. You have to discover that on your own, which I think is a whole nother fascinating process Mm -hmm. because it really is self-healing and self-cleansing, especially when you're writing in your pain of helping you re-identify and identify areas about yourself that you've forgotten or haven't known or what have you. But writing books are very therapeutic, um, especially when you stay to your altruistic self. So Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to attempt it. I don't know why so many people shy away from it. Um, But one thing I don't enjoy about the traditional path of writing is when the big editing house comes in because you've signed a contract with someone Mm. and they say, well, no, 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 no. The the audience won't like this. You know what books I love that just dispelled all of that Twilight series Mm. and uh, JK Rowling series and uh, 50 Shades of Grey. Now, let me just preface all of that by saying I don't read those kinds of books. I've just heard the stories of the books where the girl for that wrote the Twilight series literally had a dream, got up and wrote that book, horrible grammar and all. And then next thing you know, it took off and it became a number one book forever. Yeah. Right. And same thing with J.K. Rowling, same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey. It was a horribly written book, but it, it spoke to an audience that it captivated and then they were able to polish it out. So don't be so hard on yourself Mm -hmm. and so rigid to you have to do things the way that it's been done for 50 years. You don't want to reinvent the wheel, but you definitely, there are other paths to success and you Mm -hmm. don't have to take the advice, which is why I love self-publishing which falls right in line with the next part we're going to talk about on the, the eBooks. Mm-hmm. I love self-publishing. You can self-publish your hard copy book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the self-publishing process because it gives me autonomy over my voice. I'm mm-hmm. not muted out or changed or cause you, you know, we've seen the movies of the pop star who wants to be a pop star, but they don't really want to be that kind of pop star, but that's the kind of pop star they're being molded into. Same thing in the book industry. They'll mold you into essentially somebody that you don't really want to be. And then you have to make decisions versus mm-hmm. self-publishing allows you that freedom. Uh, and it allows you to make a lot more money. Let's be totally. honest. Totally. So I, I publish so many books. So let me let me just say this first. If I have waited to get to the level of, of a writer and knowledge that I have today, I would have zero books. Mm. I can tell you that my latest book is the best book. I can tell you that since this book that I just wrote in May and I wrote a book now, like as of like a week ago, the book that I just wrote is better than this book. Mm. Every book gets better and better and better. And, and the beauty about me having my own publishing company is that I can go back and edit that book for real and make it at the level that I am now. And I don't have to check on nobody. I don't have to pay nobody else. I can do it at three o'clock in the morning if I want to. And I keep all of my money. Yes. I keep all of my money. Do you know that for my covers, I, I'm not a designer, but I have vision, right? I pray about things mm-hmm. and I have vision. So when I saw this vision, some people were not convinced. They're like, what is this tree? And what is this guys? And it's oh, like, I love it. Right. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It reminds me of like cherry blossoms and you know, exactly. it, it exactly. resonates with me. Yes. I love right? it. So I was like, if it doesn't resonate with you, it's not for you. Mm. And the book comes together. They read the book and they're like, oh, mm. I get, oh. And it's like, I trust me. 
I know where to go to get my covers. I work with people. I know how to talk to them and I know what I want. I know how much the book is going to cost. Now I've been learning. I've been on, on a fast track um, self-publishing uni- uh, university, if you will, of learning everything, learning for younger people, by the way. I just partnered with two amazing, ambitious 20, mid 20 something guys. And they know all about book marketing. Hello, I'm partnering with them because mm. they know things that I don't know. Right. And I'm bringing them in under my fault because why would I go try to um, add a service that mm-hmm. is not really in my in my wheel? Exactly. Right. So I yes. can partner with people. Hey, I'm still getting paid. Right. I'm still getting paid because there's something called affiliate relationships, and that's probably another story. But mm-hmm. if I bring you to my people, I need to show me the money. Right. 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 So, but I'm partnering with people that I know the relationship. So self-publishing is about control. It is. And it's about more control than you really think. More control over your voice and more control over your finances. Because let's be honest, people, when you get paid royalties from even as a self-publisher, when you get paid royalties from the big names, right, the big distribution points, you're getting paid 50 cents a dollar. You're not getting paid much more than that. You, you've yeah. heard the stories of like TLC only getting like 15 cents per CD and the CDs were selling at like $20 a CD. That's because these big companies, they deduct expense, deduct expense. Oh, you had a wardrobe change. Oh, you had a video shoot. Oh, you had to eat. Oh, you had this. Oh, you needed- It was raining that day. <laughs> it was raining that day. Well, whatever, it's deduction, 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 deduction. And so when you start really understanding that, that's what makes masterpiece such a genius because he took authority over his own distribution Mm. and decided to do it out of the trunk of his car, which means, guess what? When I was selling my book um, for, I don't know, $15, let's say, I was getting um, everything less how much it cost me to print print the book. Excuse me. Yes. To print the book. I didn't have to pay a distributor fee. I didn't have to pay anything. I just had to put the work in and book the speaking engagements and book the bookstore engagements to get that out. And that's Mm -hmm. possible. But otherwise, if you sit on and wait on some of these big distribution points to do it for you, well, you've got to pay the piper and the piper is going to take everything except for 50 cents. Right. Which means you're going to have to push that much harder. And think about it. Even from um, a publisher taking you on as an author, mm. um, they're going to do the same thing because they fronted all of this money on you. And mm. you're, you have to literally, you have to put in the same amount of work. I'm going to work. I, I work feel, for the publishing feel, company. People get advancements, right? Some people get advancements like to write a book. You got to have a big name in order to do that. Yes. I believe that I'm working my advancement right now. So I'm putting in the work first and my advance check is coming. So I did, I'm doing advanced work. So my check can come. And I know that whatever I'm investing, I'm investing in myself. I was talking to my sister this morning and I was telling her, listen, I have 15 books. The next book might be it. I just need one book to get in the hands of somebody. One, and I don't know about you, when I find an author I, and I love that book, my first thing is to go back go to Amazon, do a quick little search and see what other books they have. And then I start buying everything. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that if I like this, I'm going to like everything else, right? Yes. So yes. you have to know that there's, there's power in quantity. So I'm flooding the market with Catherine's storing books. Nice. Because 
even though I get better with time, the content is still pretty good. Then the, the lessons are still there. I may just, I might learn how to package it a little better. My covers have gotten a hot lot and a heck lot better. Right. But uh, they're still cute. They still yes. look like somebody put some effort into it. And again, it takes one book to, to click one book just one in the hands of the right people. And all of a yes. sudden there's nothing better than getting those checks from, from Amazon or Kindle. There's nothing. It's great. I don't care if it's five dollars. That's still five dollars more than I had. Than I expected. Exactly. <laughs> yes. There actually was a guy um, that they wrote an article about some years ago in the New York Times, I believe it was, who he wrote. Uh, he became a millionaire from re- writing books every a book a month. Wow. And they yep. were 99 cent books yep. and because they were so inexpensive and they delivered good content. Mm-hmm. People consistently bought them and he became a millionaire off of 99 cents books. Just something for you to think but about. He probably, had, he probably had a strategy too. Cause now when you think about it, I don't know if people, people know this, but people that are bestsellers, New York times and USA today, I mm-hmm. thought that the book was so good that people went crazy for it. Right. Listen, no. It's a machine behind yeah. every single book, every yes. single book. Maybe, maybe after it's in the market, people feel that way. Right. But I'm telling you at first, it is a heavy duty machine behind every mm-hmm. single book. Just FYI. Well, and that's what makes them come out on the first day and be number one on the first day of release. Right. There was a lot of work that went into the back of that. Anyway, some food for your brain this uh, lovely day that we're here talking with the writing midwife, Miss Catherine Storing. And you're listening to Business in Black, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. All right, and we're back. Uh, this is Business to Black, the place where you come to find out how to start a business, how to grow a business, how to build a business. And today we're talking about writing to build your authority in your business or in your industry with the writing midwife, Miss Catherine Storing, up in Boston, Massachusetts. And um, we've just thoroughly enjoyed this hour with her. I always have a great time talking with her. We always have such a great exchange. Um, I hope you've really pulled away some key points on how to get started, why you should get started, um, what it will do for you to get started on writing and building an authority, um, because it, it really helps your presence as a leader in your industry. It really helps your, your voice and you shape in your voice. I think one of the best things I've pulled away from this conversation is Catherine's complete transparency on, hey, this is book number 15, and I've had to find my voice. I've had to shave it down. I've had to buff it out. I've had to listen a little harder and and fast and pray on it. And it's coming to this culmination point because I was just telling her on our break that she'll be an overnight success next thing we know it. (laughs) And she's been doing this for a while. So it's the work that she's put into it and the lack of confidence built into confidence, then that built into refining herself and, you know, all of these things of where she was and now where she is. um, Thank God. And it's just thwarted her into this amazing writing coach, writing teacher that can help you actually um, with your information. So I know you've probably been waiting all show long to find out how you can get in contact with this amazing woman. And uh, Catherine, I'll let you tell it of how people can reach you. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been such a pleasure. So they can go to writingmadesimple.today. Not tomorrow, today, because this is time to write. So writingmadesimple.today. You can also look for Writing Made Simple on Facebook. If you type writing group, do you know that my group comes up first? So Writing Made Simple, it comes right up. You got to answer a couple questions because it's my group, my rules, and I lay you in. And we have such an amazing time there. I'm so passionate about writing because writing has helped me find the real me. I, I have... Um, discover some things about me, some blind, major blind spots that I would have never found if I hadn't put myself in a situation to be uncomfortable. I had to learn. I had to learn to be uncomfortable so I could grow. And grow. And writing has been the vehicle for that for me. If you go to my website, I send weekly emails where, and they are transparent. That's something that I had to learn. I was trying to send stuffy emails where they're like very mm-hmm. professional, very mm-hmm. business-like, and they were flatlining for me. Like forget about everybody else. Mm-hmm. The content was good, but the way that I was writing, that's not how I talk. That's not how I serve people. So I had to learn to write. Like sometimes I have some ebonics. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm silly and um, you can find all that at writing made simple that today. And I'm, I'm, I promise to send you content that is authentic, relevant and um, necessary. I think that's so um, where we are, though, and I've been saying this for a couple of years of this paradigm shift of us coming out of this money greed um, uh, era back into more authenticity and people really becoming more vulnerable, transparent, companies becoming vulnerable, transparent, people wanting to know where their food is sourced from, people, you know, just we want to have the blinders off and us to really be able to dig into it if that's something of interest to us. So mm-hmm. I know people are going to appreciate that. I appreciate that. And so, um, I just, you know, I love everything about what you just said. Um, the best part about what you just said is a pain point for me, which I used to be a landscaper. And so often I would teach in a lot of my talks, I would talk, um, talk about that growth season and how you really are in pain in mm. that growth season. Cause when you think about the seed, it just brought back all of my memory of my landscape. Mm. And when you think about a seed, it has to get uncomfortable. Mm. It can't stay in the hole that it's in. It has to burst out of it. We're talking about a hard seed and you watered it enough. The shell became soft. It finally emerged from there. It, it has to burrow itself further in the ground. It has to grow deep first before it can grow up in order to, because if you don't have any roots, then it's just going to topple over when the wind comes and the rain comes. And that's its source of um, energy, right? Of getting its food, the water of, you know, sustaining itself. And so when you start thinking about us having to be like that seed, right? And we have to establish our roots and we have to get watered. We have to get nourishment. We have to get fed. We have to go through storms, Mm. right? We have to go through seasons in our life um, to get to the place where God needs us to be, to be the most beautiful tree, the most attractive. And that doesn't mean you stop growing at that point, you know? So um, I I thank you for saying that because it really, that resonated with me to get me back on my path because I've been I've been dormant for some time and it's time to get non-dormant, hence the show, Business in Black. So I'm excited about that and um, people are excited and I'm just thankful. You know, this came out of, and I haven't told this story yet until now, this came out of a conversation at dinner. A good friend of mine 
um, Haas. He knows who he is. He's an um, entrepreneur and an event specialist in Dallas, Texas, was in town. I haven't seen him in years since I left Dallas. So that's mm-hmm. been, goodness, since 2011. But we keep in contact. And he's like, oh, I'm coming in town. Let's go to dinner. So we were in Dumbo here in Brooklyn. And we went to dinner. Beautiful evening. And these complete strangers are sitting there, his friends, strangers to me, no longer. And, um, they, I'm talking about business and I'm talking about this and they're just like captivated mouths are open. And they, the guy goes, why don't you have a podcast talking about this stuff? And I'm like, Oh, well, I guess that's the kick in the pants that I needed because I've been thinking about doing it for years. And, you know, life happens. We make excuses. We pull back, we fall back, transitions happens. And, you know, it was like, you know what? I heard you, God, no more. Mm -hmm. And I just decided, you know, buy the new mic and get going. I already have the tools I need. So it is what it is right now. And as we grow, it'll grow and it will be great. So, but you have to start. You have to do the work and you have to keep going. You can't get discouraged because two people viewed less than 30% of your show or listened to less than 30% of your show. Keep going. You have to be willing to do the work and writing to build an authority um, and building that presence for yourself, you have to continue to do the work. You always are selling. People don't understand that. Mm-hmm. You are always selling. There is always a point. I remember as a landscaper, I would go into the grocery store to get water and I would talk to the cashier and they would say, oh, you know, how was your day? You know, these are the standard questions we ask. Hey, how are you doing today? Oh man, I wish I had your job to stand here in the cool air all day. So they go, well, what do you do? Oh, what if you do? I'm a landscaper. Oh, you are. I need such and such done in my house. Can you do that? And these would just be organic conversations Mm -hmm. that I guided a little bit, but I'm always selling myself and I'm always building trust with people because I would give them a little information. I would give them a little tidbit that I knew and they would get hooked on that and then they would want more. And I think that's really what the writing is about. But you can't do it just from hiding. You have to be seen. You have to be present and you have to show presence in order to get those people. Totally. So I I just find it very exciting. Um, And as we talk about um, other areas that you can write to build authority. So we've talked about writing a book. We've talked about never stop learning. We've talked about writing an ebook. Um, we've talked about blogging, but not a lot. So let's talk a little bit about blogging and guest posting on other people's blogs. How does guest posting really work for people and does it work well? Well, let me, let me preface by saying this, what's your platform? Mm-hmm. Because before I, 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 hello, today's transparency day. When I was blogging before I was blogging about whatever was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was not a blog about that. It was a business blog. It was supposed to be about my business at the time. So what I have learned is that if I want to become the authority on something, I got to be consistent. And that means that when you go to my blog, you're reading something about writing. You're reading about the writing world. So first, what is your platform? Identify that. Then go find out the authority in in the industry uh, the people that are being uh, featured all the time find people on instagram it's a great place to find people um who has an amazing podcast pitch yourself 
say, and, but don't say, put me on your show. You got to add value. Let's listen to their show. Find out what's going on in their life. If they had a baby, say something, right? Just build it. It's about relationship. Like we are in this like, bam, wham, right? Give me something. It's like, do you even know my name? My dad just died today and you want me to put you <laughs> my podcast? Right. You have bothered to go to my Instagram. You would have seen that, right? Mm-hmm. So be human. Right. That's how I get things. Be human. Right. I get to know the person. Who are you? Like, first of all, do I want to be on their podcast? Do mm-hmm. I want to be on their, on their blog? Because mm-hmm. maybe they have profanity. Maybe they, they side with some crazy political radical group that mm-hmm. I don't want to have my name associated with. So you have to be very careful. Do I want my name associated with this thing? Once yes. you realize that, once you are a regular listener, who do you know that knows that person? Like bypass the system. Why wait? Why just put the, fill out that form if you want to be on my show? Right. Uh, what I have done, I bypass the system. Who do I know that knows that person? You can find out on LinkedIn. You can ask your friends. Yes. So-and-so. Because yeah. one thing, um, this year I got to do inbound for the first time and I've been wanting to inbound is the largest marketing com- um, conference in the world. And I got to be one of the speakers, mm-hmm. former first lady, Michelle Obama was there. Um, Brene Brown was there. So my name is already related to these people, right? Just yes. by, just by being in the same room. How did I get in? My friend spoke there before I asked him who he talked to. I, I went through the proper channels. However, I stalked her on social media and I said, <laughs> guess what? I just apply, hint, hint. I cannot wait to hear from you guys. I told everybody on Facebook. I posted on Instagram. I did my part. I reached out to the right person. And then I had accountability. I told people, I want this. So if you want it, those are the steps that you take. Find out who you, where you want to speak and then make it happen. And then when you pitch them, don't tell me you want to speak. They get lots of emails like that. Yes. Yours jump out. Give them the title of your talk. Give them the, 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 the um, what do I want? The, the thesis of what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And then say, this is what I want to talk about. And however, this is why I think your audience will eat it up. Yes. Let me know if Monday or Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 12 works for you. Boom. Yes. If I don't hear from you, I know you're busy. I will reach out again. You just mm-hmm. open the window mm-hmm. so you can reach out again. And then you let them know that they're busy when you, re- and then do reach out again, because I, I don't like right now. I remember I have to reach out to somebody that sent me an information about, she wants me to be in her show. So she, she, she were good. She will email me again because I'm not ignoring her. I just get so many things on email. Right. 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 So be persistent and then offer them what don't tell me like call, people tell me call me back that drives me crazy i hate it why too. should i call you back give me a reason like yes you know wet my whistle right give me something right and that is i'm calling for this i would love to feature you on that give me a call by the way i need to hear by friday you better believe that that person gets my phone call first because they told me they want to feature me and they want to they need to hear by friday i'm gonna be called up calling that person back Right. Setting realistic expectations and deadlines. And I think that's realistic for yourself on writing. I think uh, a, a course, the, like the ones you offer, um, writing a book in what, 30 days, was it? 40, 40, 40 days. 40 days. Yep. Okay. So 10,000 words, 20,000 words, doable, completely doable. People will hear that number and think, oh, that's a lot of words. That's 250 or 500 words a day. That's it. 
That's half nothing. Page or yeah. two pages a day. That's it. Tight. That's a couple of hours. That's nothing, depending Not on how, yeah. how much you struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. And all of these tips are amazing because they're so easy and practical to you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure working with you is easy and practical as well, because if you haven't heard her voice uh, all this hour, it's very easy. It's very real. It's very genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, she's somebody I trust. And if you trust me, then you need to trust her. And she is a definite mover and shaker in the writing community. Please, please, please connect with her on Facebook, connect with her um, on uh, writingmadesimple.today um, and take her classes, buy her books, support her. She's on Amazon. It's Catherine Storing, S. T-O-R-I-N-G. Check her out. If you don't think she's the real deal, I'm telling you, this is the person that you need to talk to to build your brand, to build your authority in your in your marketplace. Because if you don't and you're not visible, then people won't buy from you. Mm-hmm. And she's done it and she's been there. She's had the frustrations, the same ones you had. She's had the same doubt. She's had the same lack of confidence. And then one day she had to get over it all. And she pushed forward and she persisted. <laughs> right. And she's now here. And uh, I just, I, I wish all the best to you. And I, I know this won't be the last interview that we do. We'll have to do another one on a completely different related um, episode and story of writing. Um, maybe something a little bit more pointed, not just a how to, mm-hmm. um, but not giving too much away because they need to to, to pay for the information. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's right. So uh, you've been listening to Business in Black and we've been t- teaching you, telling you, giving you tips on how to write, to build your authority in your industry. You've been listening to our guest host for the day, Catherine Storing at writingmadesimple.today. We thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Business in Black and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris.